golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I love to play. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. I turn on the lights. I love to play. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with Jeff Shane from PGATour.com and Prime Sports. PrimeSportsNetwork.com. SportsNetwork.com. <laughs> it gets complicated sometimes with the uh, you got, you got URL so many, uh, you know, gigs. I can't keep them all straight. Well, sometimes I have a hard time keep, keeping them straight or, or, or keeping them from overlapping with each other. But I suppose that's a good thing, right? Absolutely. And um, mm, speaking of a good thing, Chris Kirk bringing home the Crown Plaza Trophy on Sunday, fourth PGA Tour victory. And, uh, you know, this guy is under the radar, Jeff Shane. Well, he uh, probably a lot of people would make an argument that he should have been on the Ryder Cup team after winning the Deutsche Bank last year. I was one of them. (laughs) And uh, he does have three wins here in in the last eighteen months. Uh, he also uh, uh, won. Uh, I was it McLadry, one of one of those uh, one of those wraparound season events, and and so he started to make uh, a good showing for himself. And in the case of on of what happened Sunday, he was the last man standing, and uh, he he did what his pursuers could not do, and that's birdie eighteen. He had a, he. He made a seven-footer, hit it in real tight, and then uh, had to wait as Brant Snedeker missed his birdie putt. Jordan Spieth missed his birdie putt. And actually before him, Jason Bone had a long birdie putt uh, uh, to uh, complete uh, a really great round from off the pace. And it hit the hole and and, and just skittered away. But uh, uh, Chris Kirk has been a very steady player over the last couple of years. Uh, Jason Bone posting a sweet little 63. Jordan making a, a big run for it on Sunday to finish tied for second. I think he has tied for, or not tied, but placed second or first eight times um, this season. He has, what is it, five runner-up finishes and two wins, something like that. Uh, yeah, including this little tournament called the Masters. Yeah, well, and, and that, you know, if you're going to win one, make it a major, certainly. And, and he also won... Uh, down the highway at, at Valspar. So he's got two wins, and we were just talking in the uh, uh, in the room in, during preparation that Jordan Spieth has a really unique opportunity that I'm not sure he wants this week at the AT&T Byron Nelson. Uh, if he manages to finish second in his hometown tournament, he will have completed the Texas runner-up Grand Slam, having also finished second at Houston and the Texas Open back in uh, early April. So... Uh, kind of a dubious thing, but you can tell he's playing well. And, of course, they're off to Irvine, Texas, and the Byron Nelson this week. 
A lot of rain dropping in uh, the Lone Star State. Uh, of course, these torrential floods in um, Houston, and it's uh, been just raining in, throughout Texas. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, WDs occurring yes. as a result, I think, don't yeah, you? Yes. Uh, at last count, uh, and, and I checked about 15 minutes before showtime, at last count we had 11 WDs from the AT&T Byron Nelson including some big names. Uh, uh, Ian Poulter withdrew today, said uh, he tweaked his back working out, and uh, uh, we lost Jason Day um, earlier in the day. Uh, and uh, early, early in the week, Kevin Kisner, who has been playing so well and, and uh, was runner-up at the Players' Championship, uh, he took himself out of the running. And uh, usually, even with some of the lesser events on the schedule, you don't see this many WDs, but I think a lot of guys took a look at the course, uh, the weather forecast, and said it's going to be sloppy, it's going to be wet, there are going to be a lot of rain delays, and let's just get prepared for Memorial next week. Yes, at Jack's house, of course, um, something that uh, the players have their eye on, as well as the U.S. Open coming around the corner. So not a good time to get an injury, and certainly playing in sloppy weather, you have much more of a chance of that happening. Yeah, and, and there really hasn't been anything that, that I've heard that, that the storms are moving out. We, we're still going through some, uh, So I mean, it's rougher in the Houston and Austin areas, uh, and Dallas is a couple of hours north of that, but it's still very sloppy. I think the last thing guys want to do is go through um, a tournament where you have these constant rain delays and you're playing uh, the second round on on late Saturday or even early Sunday. And uh, that's probably the quickest way <laughs> to uh, to chase away some of the bigger names who don't need that tournament for their FedEx Cup points or their money. Crown Plaza turning into uh, an interesting showdown on the weekend. Uh, of course, Ian Poulter uh, right there at the top on Saturday. Disappointing finish for him on Sunday. As we know, he was... Um, uh, part of this Sports Illustrated survey that, along with Ricky Fowler, had singled him out as one of the most overrated players. And if I can think of anyone that that would get under his skin and motivate him, it's Ian Poulter. Yes, uh, and and he even has alluded to it a couple of times. Uh, I forget who it was, but somebody at, at Golf Channel uh, during the week of the Players' Championships uh ran into Ian in the locker room and, and said, uh, Ian, uh, can I just get you for a moment? And Ian's response was, what, you want to talk to the most overrated player on the PGA Tour? So I think in, in a certain way he's handling it with some humor and some good fun. At the same time, I, I do think that, that it does uh, provide a little bit of extra motivation. Uh, at the same time, I, I do think that you know Ian Poulter is one of the more active players like on Twitter and and uh, and really has some good interaction with fans, good and bad. So maybe he's got a little bit of thicker skin because of doing that. But but again, it, I don't think uh, he ever necessarily completely lets it roll off his back. And another guy whose uh, game was definitely on track at Colonial, Brant Snedeker, although I think disappointed with uh, some of his putting on the back nine on Sunday, but, um, you know, given the way he can roll that mm-hmm. blade, yeah. 
uh, but great to see Brant playing well. Yeah, uh, and for for a week. And uh, the the thing with Brant is that uh, he has been really, really hot and cold. He uh, didn't show a whole lot early in the season, then came from almost out of nowhere to win at Pebble Beach and then went right back under the radar again and didn't show until last week at Colonial. So I hope that uh, maybe this is a sign of more sustained good play from, from Brandt. And how about, I just love this guy, Charlie Hoffman. You know, <laughs> the waste management guy. He just, you got to love Charlie, you know, in his green gloves and his green shoes, uh, wearing his colors proudly. But, you know, he's been playing some really good golf, played well again at Colonial, but, you know, um, kind of faltered on Sunday. Sundays are still, I think, a little bit of an issue with Charlie, and uh, and sometimes you just have to go through it. But the thing that I really like is that we are starting to see more of him on the leaderboard. We did see him at the Masters. We have seen him win some tournaments. Uh, we, he won one of the fall events. I think it was the one in Mexico. So that helps. And uh, an interesting Texas stat that uh, goes into play this week is that Charlie Hoffman is no Texan, grew up in California, now resides in Las Vegas, went to UNLV, but he has not finished worse than 11th in the previous three Texas events this year. Wow. Maybe uh, he's sporting a a 10-gallon and (laughs) eating some Texas chili (laughs) for his his preparation. You know, a guy that that floats around a lot, just hasn't seemed to you know be able to break through to that the next level is Pat Perez had a good finish here tied for fifth mm-hmm. he you know seems to play very well west of the Mississippi I would say well and the thing with with Pat that uh, I've noticed over the years is that he was a great West Coast guy I, California kid uh, went to Arizona State and in the West Coast events uh, you could count on him contending and, and even winning once uh, on the West Coast. And as soon as the tour left the West Coast, his game would falter. And this year it hasn't. He has played well in Florida. He's played well uh, at other places in the South. And he played well last week at Colonial. Uh, I think maybe as he's gotten older, we've all heard about his temper and, and, and his volatility. I think that has simmered uh, down a little bit. And I think it in the end it's starting to help his game. And somebody else was in the mix for a while. We got to see, to see a little TV time with him. Eric Compton, of course, the two-time heart transplant recipient. Always great to see him in the mix. Yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a tough thing because I, I know Eric going back many, many years from our days in South Florida. Well, he's still there. But um, he has to really be careful on how he utilizes his energy and uh, make sure that he gets enough rest. Uh, I'm sure that the medication and such uh, has been balanced out. He had to go through some real tough times, even after the heart transplant, trying to get that medication balanced. But uh, he ha- he definitely has to be careful in his scheduling to make sure he doesn't play too many events in a row uh, or anything like that. But uh, a good, uh, an, he didn't have a great full week, but it was good to see him early in the week uh, really make a dent. Well, we've got a lot of golf talk to uh, get on the platter tonight, along with the fact we're going to go straight to the media center and see what the weather is doing at the Byron Nelson. And we're going to start our Father's Day giveaway tonight. We are going to be giving away a special stay at the Cinnamon Inn up in beautiful Mount Dora. So 
listen in because uh, that giveaway is coming up soon. What a great gift to give to your dad. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Jeff Shane from PGATour.com and Prime Sports Network. Um, you know, sometimes as you pointed out, Jeff, when, you know, you're on the road week after week covering the tour, like you have, you got to go home and do the laundry, (laughs) pay bills. So I misspoke (laughs) our, our big dog, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com is home, but, uh, he's going to fill us in on his thoughts about the Byron coming up and Memorial Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, how's it going guys? Aren't you glad you're not um, under an umbrella out there in Texas? Yeah, sounds like a few players got the same idea and decided to skip it as well. Yeah, it's actually now 12 that have withdrawn from the ATT Byron Nelson. Yeah, it's a shame, obviously. They had had their best field in uh, eight or nine years uh, there until – until this kind of sudden exodus, but uh, that almost, it almost seems unprecedented. That seems like a lot of players to drop out. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if it's just because a bunch of them are are high profile. You know, Poulter and Jason Day, and uh, you know, I, I think that that adds to it. I mean, I think from week to week, you know, from Monday to Thursday, it's not unusual to see five or six or eight guys bail and get replaced by alternates what have you but 12 does seem like a lot and uh you know um that both those guys reported issues but uh you know i could also see where they might just not want to deal with what's going on i mean the, i guess the forecast doesn't look real good and you know they just went through it at, at the colonial also so uh you know this is their right they don't they are not uh, obligated and uh they're taking advantage of that yeah, I would imagine, Bob, that uh, uh, when you take a look at the forecast and, and it's already wet, Brendan Todd has said there's not a dry spot of fairway out there, and and you think, well, the first round might finish on Friday and the second round might finish on Saturday, or the second round might finish on Sunday. Uh, that might make those aches and pains um, a little bit more noticeable. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. I mean, uh, you know, it's a long year and there's a lot of tournaments to play, and you know, sometimes guys get caught up in that, you know, as it is, and there's nothing they can do about it. I guess it's pretty easy to look at it and say, okay, look, this is this is shaping up to be a really rough week. Um, I can I can make better use of my time, and uh, and 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 you know, pick up an event somewhere else. So I'm thinking that that probably has something to do with it. You know, it sounds like Jason Day though had some dizziness issues, and he had that before. He's had that earlier, so um, you know I'm not sure if his is related to the weather or not. But uh, it sounds like he's got a a pretty legitimate uh, reason for not playing, and uh, he he plays a memorial because he lives in Columbus. Maybe he wants to make sure he's ready for that. Um, you know, there's all there's all sorts of uh, of things that these guys have going on, and and uh, you know it's hard to blame them. Well, that could open things up for you know a few of the 
obvious contenders that are still in the field, such as Jordan Spieth, uh, Brant Snedeker, who had a great finish we were talking about earlier, Dustin Johnson's in the field, uh, Matt Kuchar, Zach Johnson, a little bit of a surprise last week, didn't play as well as probably a lot of people expected, but maybe it uh, opens the door. Uh, out of these guys, who anybody a mutter, Bob, that you know that you know likes this kind of weather? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure anybody likes it to this extent. Um, you know, I would think it would suit a guy like Dustin Johnson pretty nicely. You know, his distance advantage is is pronounced when the ball doesn't roll. Uh, you know, he's going to get it out there farther than guys. But then again, you know, the conditions are going to be soft and and uh, it, it keeps the errant balls from rolling into the rough and it keeps the poorly struck shots from rolling off greens. So really, it, it kind of opens it up even more. I mean, I think it opens it up to guys who who aren't playing that well, but who are putting well. And so uh, you know, this is typically why you, you hear guys say, you know, they prefer to be hard and fast because that puts a premium on on their skills. You know, they, they've got to they've got to strike the ball well. They've got to you know, they're, they're a, a poorly hit shot's not going to stay in the fairway, and and obviously putting then is, is an issue too because of the fast greens. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. We're talking to Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Let me get your thoughts on the BMW Championship. Ben Hun An, who actually uh, had residency at the concession over in Sarasota uh, for a few years after he won the Amateur Championship, wins uh, over in Europe uh, against uh, a pretty tough field over there, Francesco Molinari. And um, also your thoughts on Rory. looks like he ran out of gas. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think on this is another example of how deep the game is. You know, I mean, was he on anybody's radar? You know, I know he won the U.S. Amateur in 09, and he played in the Amateur in 10 at, at Chambers Bay. And and uh, I think he was a Ledbetter Academy guy, if I'm not mistaken, um, which might have been why he was down there at the concession. Uh, but, uh, you know, kind of been struggling along here, uh, you know, not really doing a whole lot. I realize he wasn't that far out of it. I mean, he was in the top 200 in the world, which is certainly nothing to sneeze at. But now all of a sudden, you know, that win is he's in the U.S. Open. And uh, it's just uh, it's amazing where where the where the talent comes from and what and how it can rise up at any time. And You know, I chalk up Rory to to fatigue. I mean, it was. I don't know what tournament he was supposed to skip out of the five he's in, in the middle of playing. This is the fifth straight week. You know, he won the match play. He went to the players. You know, you, you wouldn't like it if you skipped the players, and he was top ten there. Everybody thought he was going to skip Quail Hollow, and, of course, he went there, shot 61 and won. So how do you, how do you <laughs> say he should have skipped there? You know, he's defending champion at this tournament, and then the Irish Open is this week. You know, his foundation benefits, but it's also the Irish Open. I mean, He's not going to skip that event. It's uh, there's incentive to play event, um, the the event in your home country uh, on the European tour. You, it keeps you from having to play extra events. So, what was, which one was he going to take off? It would have been really hard to do. And and uh, but I mean that's just asking too much. I think. To, and and also Wentworth isn't really a course that he's liked all that much. Even though he won there last year, you know he has said in the past it doesn't suit him that well. Last year was sort of a, a 
you know, I may be an aberration. The conditions were soft, and he got it going. And he came—he actually came from six back the last round last year to win. So, you know, I, I think it's a blip. I think, uh, you know, Rory, you know, probably maybe it was the best thing for him that I'd have to play the weekend and regroup a little bit. And, uh, you know, after this week, uh, hopefully the weather won't be bad and, and, and mess things up. I hear it's very windy there at uh, – Royal County down, but uh, then he'll have two weeks to prepare for Chambers Bay, and I'm sure he'll go there. So there's still a lot of travel and a lot of, you know, a lot going on for Rory right now, and, you know, you, you want him to be in prime shape going into the U.S. Open and not fatigued and, and golfed out and, and maybe, uh, you know, wondering about peaking too soon. Yeah, I think it was Quail Hollow that Rory was originally intending to skip and then right. after winning match play and playing so well at the players, he said, let's ride it one more, and Ender Quail Hollow won that, uh, and that's why he's not playing Memorial next week. But uh, Right, uh, right. I think he had planned to skip Memorial all along. Um, but, you know, the, the, the sensible or, you know, the thing that nobody would have had a problem with would have been match play and the players skip Quail Hollow for once, even though he likes it, and then play the two events in Europe. And then, you know, that's still four events in five weeks. Uh, you know, as we know, there's a lot of guys who don't play anywhere near that much. And um, especially with the travel, you know, especially going overseas. And, you know, we're talking about eight hours of time zone changes from San Francisco to the U.K., uh, even though, you know, he's had a little bit of time to get used to it. It's just a lot. And I don't care who you are. It's a lot of golf. And uh, and also when you consider he's in contention, those 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 three weeks so um, you know it's a lot of mental strain so you know hopefully it uh this is just an aberration no big deal and um uh there were a lot of comments about the golf course bob um some dissatisfaction voiced by players like justin rose and luke donald and then ernie coming out saying he wants to make west west Wentworth, Wentworth <laughs> the Augusta of Europe. So, you know, this is one of their the European Tour's flagship events. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that's some, some harsh criticism that should get some attention. Yeah, I mean, they, apparently the greens weren't very good. And, uh, you know, when it's for your premier event, it's a tour headquarters. Uh, it's got a lot of history. Uh, it does get a great field, obviously, because it's their designated event. It gets the most world ranking points outside of a major. And, uh, you know, for guys to be upset about the greens, that's that's a shame. Uh, and, you know, even even without that, there's been guys who've had issues with the course. Uh, you know, they haven't liked they haven't liked some of it. Uh, it's got the two par fives to finish and. And and seemingly, uh, you know, one of them is a three-shotter. Like, you can't get home. So, uh, it's too bad. I mean, you know, if I had my druthers, I'd love to see them play their signature event on a on a Lynx course. But, um, you know, that's like asking the PGA Tour to play its signature event, you know, somewhere other than home. And, uh, obviously, Sawgrass is the Tour's home. And Wentworth is the European Tour's home, so they're going to have an event there, and and uh, hopefully they'll get it right because it it sure sure is a good tournament normally. So, are you favoring Jordan Spieth to raise the trophy at the Byron, Bob? Before we let you go, I know I you're I know you're making all that money in your fantasy league. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't pick him, but uh, I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think he's highly motivated. 
to play well at these, at these you know, he's highly motivated to play, motivated to play well everywhere. But this is the one where he got his start, remember? You know, he was 16 years old. He got a sponsor exemption. And outside of Dallas, not too many people knew who he was. And he actually was on the leaderboard uh, on the Saturday of the tournament. That's you know, he right. He got up, mm-hmm. in the, up into the top five for a while. And I think he ended up finishing like 16th or 17th or yeah. 16th at like age that. 16. Yeah, I mean, pretty amazing, you know. And, and I think he's always felt, you know, obviously that's his hometown and you know, he almost pulled it off in the other in the other near hometown event last week, and you know, he's just on a, on a heck of a run right now. It's really impressive to see how he's kind of kept it together, and uh, you know, you can tell he's got some, uh, you know, he's he's really got some moxie about him and and some motivation, and you, you see how frustrated he gets when he doesn't pull it off. It's uh, it's going to be fun to watch him here over the next several weeks. I love when he says Jordan, <laughs> darn it, Jordan. <laughs> I love when he talks to himself. You just love that, love that passion. Yeah, it's great. Yep, he's, he's into it, no doubt. All right, Bob, thanks so much. Have a great week up at Memorial. And as always, we appreciate you spending some time with us, especially when you're taking the week off. Bob Herrig, <laughs> ESPN, we love you. You're listening to 740 The Game, The Golf Insiders. That special stay at the Cinnamon Inn Bed and Breakfast. You, you do not want to miss this up in beautiful Mount Dora. Father's Day, perfect Father's Day gift. Go up there, treat your dad, go play golf, some wonderful golf courses in Lake County. Stay with us. We're going to be giving that away coming up next. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice. If we could just make part. With that, the Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Jeff Shane. And uh, now is the moment, Jeff. We're going to give away this very special gift. Could be for Father's Day. Might be, you know, you might want to just keep it for yourself. But it's a one-night stay at the amazing Cinnamon Inn in beautiful Mount Dora. (laughs) Let me tell you, just going there for the cinnamon rolls is worth it. And um, the homemade breakfast that will keep you full for about three days. (laughs) And some of the great golf that's out there. Red Tail, uh, Country Club of Mount Dora, Eagle Dunes, one of our favorites. Mission in. We're going to be talking more about that in just a minute. But uh, hey, what a great gift. And uh, when I tell you, you can get away for a day. Maybe you don't want to play golf. Maybe you just want to enjoy Mount Dora because it's pretty cool too. Hey, I live there. I know. But anyway, caller number six. Are you ready? 407-916-8255-407-916-8255 for your special stay at the Cinnamon Inn and Bed and breakfast out in beautiful Mount Dora, 407-916-8255. All right, a lot of other golf that was going on. Champions Tour, Colin Montgomery retains the Senior PGA Championship for his third major in three starts. (laughs) Third major, well, no, he's he's got more majors, but he's won three 
Uh, he, he's won three tournaments tournaments on the Champions Tour. And they've all been majors. Every one of them have been majors, and they've all happened in the last 300 and... Well, we've, we're now middle of the week, so in the last 370 days, because he started the run with the Senior PGA last year, won the U.S. Senior Open, and then retained the uh, Senior PGA over the weekend. Uh, really cruised. Uh, Four-shot win, and uh, he's enjoying his senior moments. He certainly is, and uh, between also his appearances on the Golf Channel, it's a it's a it's a nice nice new world for Monty right now, and lots of other golf going on as we've been covering the last few weeks. The NCAA Championship, the women's going on currently at the concession right in our backyard over in beautiful Sarasota. Give us an update. The finals are going on right now, Jeff. Yeah, it's Baylor and Stanford for the NCAA title, and it looks like it's going to go down to the wire. Uh, Stanford took the first two matches, put two points up on the board, uh, but Baylor has come back and won match number four. It wrapped ahead of match three. Match three is is uh, coming down to the wire. Stanford is uh, Stanford's Dylan Kim is up two up uh, through 16 on Stanford's Lauren Kim, uh, which means it's all going to come down to the final match between Haley Davis of Baylor and Mariah Stackhouse of Stanford. Um, and right now Davis is one up with three to play. Um, so this is going to be a real nail biter uh, of a finish over at the concession. Yeah, and great coverage on the Golf Channel on uh, the whole tournament, as well as the the boys, the men's, which is going to be coming up uh, in a few days, and we'll uh, be, I hope, checking in with with uh, Lance Ringler for Golf Week on that in a in a few minutes in our next segment. But there's another big event happening uh, next week, which we will both be attending. It's the twenty fifth anniversary for the International Network of Golf Spring Conference. And uh, this is a big, big event. The organization was started by a very good friend of mine right here in Lake Mary, Mike Jameson. And we're going to be up at Mission Inn in Howie in the Hills. And, Mike, it's great to have you on, my friend. Thank you, Holly. It's always great to be with you. And uh, hello, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm just fine, thank you. Well, you know, we remember we we remember the good old days, Mike, when we started as the National Golf Reporters Association, and then um, our organization morphed into something much bigger uh, than you probably initially dreamed. The International Network of Golf, and we're going to have about uh, I don't know over 150 people in for this conference, media, and uh, a lot of new companies that are launching their products, and it really is a special event to have right here in the Orlando area. Yeah, I agree, Holly. I mean, we're both uh, right here, and it's always nice to have it in our backyards, like uh, a place like Mission Inn, which is just stunningly beautiful. But, yeah, we've come we've come a long way. It's uh, something that started as a golf writers association and uh, now involves most of the major companies in golf and a lot of the smaller companies who are just trying to make uh, cut carve their niche really, uh, and they do so by uh, getting to know the media and uh, and getting their word out. So that's what ING is all about. Well, what are some of the new products that'll be launched at the conference? Give us a, a little sneak peek. Well, um, the the theme of the conference is growing the game of golf from the trenches, and so we're going to have some interesting golf equipment uh, and and concepts there that people may not have heard of um one of them is a company called fleeing golf which 
is golf not in your traditional sense, but a, a, a type of golf that allows people to play that maybe couldn't swing a golf club. But uh, if you can uh, imagine a, a highlight mitt, uh, that's sort of what this fling golf is. They, they play with the regulation golf balls, they play the regulation golf course, but they throw uh, the ball with the mitt, and it's, it's quite interesting. So they are going to be there. Um, Freedom Golf Association is a spokesman arm for those who are physically challenged to play the game and they're going to have a great presence there with some amputee golfers uh, who will be hitting on the range during the demo day. Um, little three-year-old Tommy Morrissey from South Florida who can hit a golf ball 150 yards with one arm. Uh, he Not only is he cute, he's very talented and he will be there. And Dennis Walters, who is an old friend of yours, uh, we'll be doing a trick shot exhibition from his specially made Yamaha golf cart. So uh, those types of things will be going on, along with the traditional equipment companies like TaylorMade and, and Nike and Tour Edge and uh, Razor Golf and those types of companies, Bridgestone. Uh, so it's going to be an exciting day on the on the demo range for sure. And we're going to get to play a little golf too, and of course, um, Mission in one of one of my favorites. Uh, it's right around the corner from where I live. But, um, you know, they've got the old course that was built in the 1920s, and you actually get some nice vistas and, and uh, views from, from out at Mission Inn. Very very unusual for Central Florida, Holly. It's uh, a couple of those holes there, the El Campion course, uh, have elevation change of nearly 100 feet going up and going down. So uh, folks who, who come in from up north and out in the Midwest are going to feel at home on these uh, fairways. There uh, a lot of elevation changes, like you said, a lot of beautiful vistas and a tough, tough golf course, El Campion. And then the other course there, uh, Gary Coke design, recently touched up by Ron Garl, is uh, another challenge that uh, folks will feel like they maybe have been transplanted to Scotland. Lots of wide-open fairways, mounding, bunkers. Uh, it, it's just it's going to be a fun test of golf for, for everybody for two days. Yeah, and Gary Coke, actually a resident of Tampa, um, who broadcasts, of course, for NBC and the Golf Channel. We have uh, a lot of people, you know, living in the state of Florida who uh, will be attending the conference, as well as folks from all over, all over the country. Yes, that's that's true. Um, our attendance tends to pick up when we have a conference in Florida, and because there is so much golf business here, the major associations all have their home here in Florida, and. Uh, so we do get a, a lot of attendees from the area. But we also have folks coming in from as far away as uh, uh, out in Heber Valley, which is going to host us next year out in Utah. Um, you have a company coming in from far away uh, as well. South Africa. That's I think right. we, might be, uh, we might be winning the distance most traveled. <laughs> yeah. There's no question about that. They will come in from a long way. Of course, we Jan Stevenson uh, is a... a a regular uh, makes a regular appearance at ING, and she'll be there with her her wine, her new wine line. But she's from Australia, but I, she does live over on the west coast of Florida. So we 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 kind of claim her now as a Floridian. Well, we can't wait to be there, Mike, and um, we'll uh, also be reporting from there next week. So we're looking forward to seeing you, and congratulations on twenty five years. That is. Uh, Quite a milestone. The International well, well, Network of Golf. 
appreciate it, Holly. I was looking at some old pictures from Hilton Head in the NGRA days, and I had I had black hair back then. <laughs> yeah, don't be bringing any of those blackmail pictures to the conference, okay, Mike J? I'll, I'll keep you safe, Holly. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, buddy. We'll see you in a few days. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G, along with Jeff Shane. Congratulations to John B., the winner of our Cinnamon Inn giveaway. And, um, hey, for those of you that didn't win, because, man, our phones lit up on that one, uh, we're going to be giving away another one next week in our Father's Day gift giveaway, because we like giving away stuff. Jeff Shane? Yes, and... uh, uh... For those that, uh, that that keep track of those things, Father's Day is not that far away. Of course, it's if you're a golf fan like all of us are, you associate it with the U.S. Open. And so if you know when the Open is, you don't forget Father's Day. Absolutely. And, uh, hey, whether you use it for Father's Day or some other weekend, you will absolutely enjoy your stay. So thanks for listening. And uh, we're not going to waste any more time because we're going to go to Lance Ringler from Golf Week live at the concession with the exciting finish of the NCAA Women's Finals. Lance. Hey, hey, Holly. I only got probably about four or five minutes here. I'm standing in 17, just off 17 green. Uh, the deciding match here coming down to the wire uh, between Baylor and, uh, and Stanford. Really big time exciting. Jeff Shane was just going through uh, the numbers here, and uh, this is really turning out to be quite a nail biter. It looks like Baylor is on the verge of taking it, though, right? Didn't uh, Haley Davis just win 16, so she is now uh, two up with two to play? Yeah, she just won 16 with what's likely to be a Sports Center top 10 number one play of the day. She hit a shot out of the mud. Uh, and then can, then followed that up by making birdie uh, to win the hole. So, uh, you know, Stackhouse here is uh, for Stanford getting ready to hit a shot. They're both they hooked with their tee shots, about the same spot in the fairway on this regional par five. And Stanford, you know, they're going to have to win a couple holes here to keep this match going. So Baylor's definitely in the driving seat and uh, to get that third and winning point. Concession is an all-world golf course. Uh, probably hasn't quite gotten um, the notoriety and hopefully this uh, wall-to-wall coverage on the golf channel will help but uh, get it there but uh you know they've they've been looking to get some you know uh national events there pga tour events how are the women faring wow. on this track uh yeah, really good uh, mariah stackhouse just hit it's about 20 feet for equal over the water uh Woo! i don't know if you can hear the gallery um it's an out i'll tell you what holly it's an outstanding match play course maybe one of the better ones you could probably I've ever been to for match play. You can set this course up uh, with a lot of different ways to make it exciting. Stroke play, very difficult golf course um, for to, to score well, but for match play, it is absolutely terrific. What um, in, in particular have been the the strengths in terms of the the players and and the teams that are you know that have got them to where they are? Well, for the women this week, it's been a second-shot golf course. The greens have so many plateaus to them. There's so many different levels, uh, and getting on the right level is 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 the, is the key to scoring. Uh, the men won't have as as a difficult time with that because their their ball trajectory is a lot higher. It's coming in at a much different angle. Um, 
so the key for the women this week has definitely been, um, you know, it's a second shot golf course for them. They got to hit hit uh, into the right plateaus on these greens. The men kind of yet to be seen on what's going to happen. I know it's going to be a great match play course in the win uh, for the men next week. So when do uh, the men arrive and and uh, what's what's the breakdown of the you know of the play? Uh, the men's practice rounds tomorrow, and we get, get right after it again. Two straight weeks here. I, I flew in on Thursday, and I fly out two weeks later on Thursday. And uh, Baylor just hit it left of the green, so we're going to have an interesting and situation here. If you're watching on TV, uh, Stanford's likely to win this hole. It's live on the Golf Channel right now, correct? Correct. How have the women taken to the match play format? We heard, we've heard so many positive things from the men having played it the last few years, but uh, it's the first year for the women. Yeah, it, they've taken to it fine. I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, if you're, if you're Southern California, you're probably not real happy because you would have won, <laughs> you won the national championship two days ago. <laughs> but uh, and that's the same way it's been with Oklahoma State the last, you know, the two or three years when they w- would have won and didn't. Um, it is what it is. It's more exciting for the game. They know, you know, it brings more attention to the game. So um, it's great right now. I still say it's in the in the honeymoon phase for, for college golf, although the men have been doing it six years. Um, I, you just wonder how long it's going to hold its hold its form. They don't play match play all year long, and then they get to this event and they play match play. So it's a little different, but so far it seems to be working okay. I mean, I know from my standpoint, there's a lot more to talk about and a lot more to uh, to cover. So we'll see. We'll see. Time, time, the jury's still out on, on the longevity of this. Well, we'll let you get back to your job. We appreciate okay. you spending a few minutes with us, Lance. Yeah. Because um, nobody covers it better than Golf Week. Lance Ringler, thank, thank you. you. Live from the right. concession and the uh, last-minute conclusion of the NCAA Division One Women's Finals, Jeff Shane. Doesn't get any better than that. No, and I was just thinking uh, we'll have a similar situation next Wednesday when we're coming down the wire of the uh, of the men's final and uh, and, and some great teams that are that are uh, getting ready to play there. And, and they showed on Golf Channel, uh, some of the men's teams came in early. The Duke men actually walked the course as the Duke women were playing to get a chance to look at the course and see all the contours and all of that and how it plays without having to play their practice round. And so uh, if if you're smart and your school can, can get you out there a little early, there might be a little bit of an advantage to teams like Duke who went out and, and actually walked some of the uh, some of the last stroke play rounds and, and certainly during the match play. And it's truly it's a such a unique golf course, a co design between Tony Jacklin and Jack Nicholas, of course, going back to uh, in in the considered one of the greatest acts of sportsmanship at the at the, the tournament Royal Burkdale when uh, Jack conceded the putt to Tony Jacklin and uh, they've been, you know, best friends ever since and you know the course is magnificent. It's got one of the um, uh, under air systems beneath the, the greens, the sub air <laughs> systems, uh, just like Augusta. So I mean, they can make that course pristine, no matter what's going on with the conditions. And I think um, I know they've 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 um, been petitioning to get you know even something like the Ryder Cup there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it is well deserving, and hopefully uh, this will put it'll support it on the radar. Yeah, it, it's cert- certainly tournament worthy, and I think NCAA officials this week kind of learned a little bit uh, for whenever they necessarily come back to the concession. Is uh, very early in this tournament, it became a very very difficult course for the women. There were there were many more scores even in the 90s than there were in the 60s early on, and they, they realized that they had set it up too, too tough. There, 
it was going around early in the week that uh, the concession had become the concussion. <laughs> the concussion. Yeah, I've played it a few times, and that's the way you feel when you get off the golf course. So uh, we just have a couple of minutes left. Jeff, who's going to be your pick for Sunday? Well, I'm going to go with uh, the guy who has uh, three runner-ups in Texas, uh, not to have a runner-up in Texas this time. Jordan Spieth, we know he's motivated uh, to, to win this tournament, and it's probably helped that uh, that we don't have Jason Day, we don't have Ian Poulter. The field is diluted a little bit, and uh, he, I think it's his for the four it's his to lose. I'm going to I'm going to go with Brant Snedeker getting his putting back in a form, and uh, after his loss this week, I think he's he's gunning for the win. So uh, I'm going with Brant. The wet conditions though could hurt Brant. Uh, on the other hand, a guy like Gary Woodland, who's been playing very well recently, I think's got a chance. And it, for the same rate, okay, I'll I'll take uh, I'll take Dustin Johnson as my yes. backup. You want to take Gary as yours? <laughs> well, uh, if, if you listen to uh, uh, Prime Sports Golf uh, coming up in about an hour on PrimeSportsNetwork.com, you'll see that uh, Spieth and Woodland are my two guys. All right, thanks everyone for listening to Golf Insiders. Uh, we are out of here. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. We love you.